The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 4, Paragraph 17. Aurelius says, Don't live as though you were going to live 10,000 years. Fate is hanging over your head. While you still have life, while you may, become good. So this is obviously a a major theme in Stoicism, uh, the constant recognition of one's mortality. Um, We've read statements about this before. Uh, There will be many statements like this to follow. And clearly, there are also many, um, you know, parallel statements in uh, in Judaism. Uh, I guess one of the more well-known ones is uh, found in Talmud Bavli Shabbos uh, 153a. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, do teshuva, uh, loosely translated as repent, okay, do teshuva one day before your death. Rabbi Eliezer's students asked him, but does a person know the day he will die? He said to them, all the more so, one should do teshuva today, lest he die tomorrow. And thus one will spend his entire life in teshuva. Uh, and Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, said in his wisdom, uh, at all times let your clothes be white, and oil shall not be absent from upon your head. That's from Kohelis, Ecclesiastes 9.8. Um, and uh, by that he meant that you should spend your entire life um, with your clothes clean, meaning in a state of teshuva, in a state of, uh, of you know, uh, uh, returning from your, uh, your imperfections and sins uh, and transgressions. Um, okay, so here, here's the thing, <laughs> okay? Um, I was thinking about like what to do, what to say, you know, what more to say about this, because again, it's, we've heard this a lot. Um, Again, in Judaism and in Stoicism. Um, So I was actually reminded of a, the, the only paragraph I know from the Ramchal's writings, (laughs) uh, which is the introductory paragraph to Mesilas Yasharim. Okay. His book on, uh, on ethics. Uh, So he says in the beginning of his book, I did not compile this book in order to teach people that which they don't know, but rather to remind them of that which was already known to them and very obvious to them. You will only find in my many words matters that the majority of people know and are not in doubt about at all. However, in accordance with their familiarity, and in spite of the fact that their truth is apparent to everyone, so is their neglect very prevalent, and forgetfulness of them is very great. Therefore, the benefit to be gleaned from this book is not from a single reading, for it is possible that the reader will not find much intellectual insight after his reading that he didn't know before his reading. Rather, the benefit derived from this book comes from review and consistent study, for he will be reminded of these things which by nature people tend to forget, and he will internalize those of his duties which he neglects. So this is really, um, I uh, I know this paragraph because I uh, I find that this is the premise of of my favorite safer, uh, Mishlei, of the book of Proverbs, because um, many of the ideas, uh, arguably all the ideas, I don't know, many of the ideas in Mishlei are are obvious. Uh, but the thing is, is that we forget them, or we have resistance to them, or we don't follow them, uh, you know, follow through with the implications of them, or, or they don't affect our emotions. And therefore, the purpose of learning and reviewing Mishlei, and the purpose of learning and reviewing, um, you know, these ideas in Stoicism, is not to teach us new ideas, but it's to reinforce and bring to mind and, uh, you know, and, and impress upon ourselves these, these obvious truths. And this actually is another answer. Uh, you know, last week I made a, uh, an episode called In Defense of This Podcast, where I explained my basis for making a podcast on uh, Judaism and Stoicism. And uh, I, I didn't add this, uh, this, uh, this other reason. So I guess this would be reason number six for making such a podcast or for finding value in these works is as much as Judaism talks about 
like this idea that you should keep your mortality in your mind at all times and you should do tshuva constantly. You know, Chazal, the sages, uh, were not poets in terms of, you know, an essayist. You know, they didn't write at length about these things. They they stated the principles in the most efficient way, uh, you know, manner possible, sometimes even in a cryptic manner. But the Stoics really wrote at length on these themes. And I've said this before, but my favorite uh my favorite Stoic writing on this theme is Seneca's uh, treatise on the shortness of life. And I've read excerpts from this before earlier on in the podcast. And I actually might have even read this exact excerpt, but I, I just have to read it again because it's so good. Um, again, I, I highly recommend that you read the entire thing. But this is uh, this is uh, I, I, I went through and selected what my favorite passage is uh, this morning. And this is one of my favorite passages right now. I should like to buttonhole one of the oldsters and say to him, I see that you have reached the highest life life expectancy and are now close to a century or more. Please give us an itemized account of your years. Calculate how much of that span was subtracted by a creditor, a mistress, a patron, a client, quarreling with your wife, punishing your slaves, gadding about the city on social duties. Add to the subterfuge self-caused diseases and the time left an idle blank. You will see that you possess fewer years than the calendar shows. Search your memory, how seldom you have had a consistent plan, how few days worked out as you intended, how seldom you have enjoyed full use of yourself, how seldom your face wore an inartificial expression, how seldom your mind was unflurried, what accomplishments you have to show for so, for so long a life, and how much of your life has been pilfered by others without your being aware of it, how much of it you have lost, how much was dispensed on groundless regret, foolish gladness, greedy desire, polite society, and then realize that your death will be premature. Why should this be? It is because you live as if you would live forever. The thought of human frailty never enters your head. You never notice how much of your time is already spent. You squander it as though your store were full to overflowing, when in fact the very day on which you make a present to someone or something may be your last. Like the mortal you are, you are apprehensive of everything, but your desires are unlimited as if you were immortal. Many a man will say, after my 50th year, I shall retire and relax. My 60th year will release me from my obligations. What guarantee have you that your life will be longer? Who will arrange that your program shall proceed according to plan? Are you not ashamed to reserve for yourself only the tail end of life and to allot to serious thought only such time as cannot be applied to business? How late an hour to begin to live when you must depart from life? What stupid obliviousness to mortality to postpone counsels of sanity to the 50s or 60s with the intention of beginning life at an age few have reached? Okay, I could go on. Again, this is a very, very good essay. Um, but that's what I mean when I say that it's one thing to have a statement like Rabbi Eliezer's in the Gemara of do Shuba one day before your death. But in order to really affect your emotions, you have to process this on a very particularized level. And that's what I've found that many of the Stoics are so good at writing about, uh, like as we saw from Seneca here, you know, or take this other one. Uh, this is in Seneca's letters, letter number 101. He says, uh, he could call this mortality 101. Um, Yet what is more foolish than to wonder that something which may happen every day has happened on any one day? There is indeed a limit fixed for us, just where the remorseless law of fate has fixed it, but none of us knows how near he is to this limit. Therefore, let us so order our minds as if we have had come to the very end. Let us postpone nothing. Let us balance life's account every day. Therefore, my dear Lucilius, begin at once to live and count each separate day as a separate life. He who has thus prepared, he whose daily life has been a rounded whole, is easy in his mind. But those who live for hope alone find that the immediate future always slips from their grasp and that greed steals along it in its place. And the fear of death, 
occurs, which lays a curse upon everything else. One more excerpt, okay, from letter 49 uh, from Seneca again. What am I to do? Death is on my trail and life is fleeting away. Teach me something with which to face these troubles. Bring it to pass that, that I shall cease trying to escape from death and that life may cease to escape from me. Give me courage to meet hardships. Make me calm in the face of the unavoidable. Relax the, stra the straightened limits of the time which is allotted to me. Show me that the good in life does not depend upon life's length, but upon the use we make of it. Also, that it is possible or rather usual for a man who has lived long to have lived too little. Say to me when I lie down to sleep, you may not wake again. And when I have waked, you may not go to sleep again. Say to me when I go forth from my house, you may not return. And when I return, you may never go forth again. And so on. So, you know, again, the Stoics write about this a lot. But we have one thing that the Stoics don't have. Oh, well, we have lots of stuff the Stoics don't have. But but the 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 thing that we definitively have, as I said in in that podcast uh, in defense, uh, you know, the episode in defense of my podcast, we have Torah, right? So they may have Chachma, but we have Chachma and Torah, and we have reminders of this. And in fact, that very last thing of remind me when I lie down to sleep, you may not wake again. We literally say that before we go to sleep in the bracha of Hamapia. We say the higher and I paint each on Hamaves is illuminate my eyes lest I sleep death. You know, one of the last things, I guess, depending on which uh, opinion you hold. Either the the last uh, or the, uh, the the ultimate or the penultimate statement you say before you go to sleep is reminding yourself that you might not wake up, you know. Um, and so we have you know, and we have many reminders of of these ideas uh, throughout the day. Um, and so uh, again, I I I, uh, I guess my my point here is that that it's one thing to know the truth of these ideas, but it's another thing to reinforce them and to make them real to you. And we have to use all the tools at our disposal, um, whether they be uh, statements of Chazal and mitzvos, or the the essays and poetry and the uh, you know the, uh, the the elaborate writings of the Stoics, because uh, we need reminders. We have a lot of resistance to facing these ideas, and uh, and it's in our best interest to use everything at our disposal. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss, a link in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.